0: good morning everyone and welcome to this edition of freeman means business wonder women in business podcast everyone has a story and on our podcast we love to amplify the voices of those stories that are moving and meaningful and compelling and i have to say i'm super excited to have a friend she's a new friend i met her on zoom actually Uh, she was actually introduced to us by a mutual friend and her name is Meldy Moore. What a cute name. Meldy, tell me about your name.
1: Hi, Susan. Thank you. Yes, my name Meldy is actually short for Imelda, which is my mother's name. Nice. So when they named me after my mom, they immediately started calling me Meldy because they thought Imelda was too big of a name for a little baby. And it stuck. I I
0: love it. The alliteration, it flows nicely with your married last name. It's nice. So tell us about Meldy Moore.
1: Well, I am a mother of two boys. I live in Laguna Beach with my husband and sons who are 20 and 12. I've been living here since 1999. And uh, originally, I'm from New York, I was born there, um, grew up there for most of my life. However, ages eight to 16. I actually lived in Dublin, Ireland, my parents are both Irish and immigrated over here. I was the first American born in the family. Um, So I have a nice little Diverse background growing up both in Europe and New York. Moved out here for law school. I wanted some better weather. So I certainly got that at Pepperdine in Malibu and moved down the coast to uh, Cal- um, Newport Beach originally, then Laguna Beach, and here I am.
0: I have to say, what a wonderful global world view you must have for having lived all over the place like that. I love it. I love it. Thank uh- you feel very blessed yes and it certainly combats bias and bigotry when you live around the globe and see how the rest of the world lives and you're curious about others and uh, you can appreciate differences in life stories and experiences so how amazing is that Um, let me ask you you have no accent no new york accent where did it go
1: (laughs) i think the irish accent and the new york accent equaled each other out there you go. <laughs> yep. When I was growing up, I sounded American when I lived in Ireland. To the Irish and to the Americans, I sounded Irish. But after all these years, it's it's just kind of now this is what it is. Very bland.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's wonderful. And I, I'll tell you, um, I don't know anybody who grew up in New York who doesn't have that thick nasal quality, you know, that, that, that very... Um, Well, Boston has that too—that very, you know, distinct accent. So it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I still have my Southern accent, even though I've tried for years to shake it. Um, I finally, at fifty-four, just said, "Whatever, I
1: am." I love a Southern accent, so I, I think you should hang on to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. It's gotten me, a, you know, a free taxi cab ride before. Um, <laughs> what <laughs> do you do? Tell me, what do
1: you do for a living? So I'm an attorney. I started out uh, my legal career in the Orange County District Attorney's Office as a prosecutor. Loved that career. It was definitely more than a job. It was a passion. Um, I was really interested in my assignments in juvenile court, working with juveniles who made mistakes, trying to rehabilitate them. And then my domestic violence assignment, working with families that were going through domestic violence, were probably my two areas of passion. And then 10 years ago in 2010, um, I left the district attorney's office to start private practice in the area of children's law. My partner and I, um, my law partner and I, started a practice for special education adoption and assisted reproduction contracts. And then over the last 10 years, the firm has had twists and turns and we've grown. And um, here I am today, I own a small law firm in Laguna Beach. And uh, it's, been, it's been a wonderful ride.
0: I have to ask you for the audience, um, I'm sure people are going, what is
1: children's law? Children's law, well, it started out as special education and adoption. And then we quickly brought in my law partner and I, as we were developing our business plan and our website, I said, you know, I want to do the adoption and the assist to reproduction law, which is doing egg donor contracts, surrogacy right. contracts, because that's how I got my two boys. I adopted and I went through fertility. Amazing. thing. So, yeah. And then it quickly, uh, one of our first cases was a school discipline case. So as both being former prosecutors, we quickly jumped into that area of law where students whether they're special ed students or your general ed students all kids and in fact all adults make mistakes so we really like helping those students who are facing suspension or expulsion trying to keep them in school protect their you know school transcripts and which is basically protecting their future and their future opportunities so we do school discipline special education adoption and those assist reproduction contracts. And then during COVID, I actually expanded and brought in a lawyer who does estate planning and a lawyer who does your typical family law. So divorce, separation, custody, um, child wow.
0: support. Yeah. So wow. So, you're so unique. Now I know family law and divorce and custody and such, but this, I never thought about you know, who will, you're like Lorax, who will speak for the trees, you know, who will speak <laughs> for the children, um, that's incredible, yeah, like, the, the discipline can go on your record, and, you know, whether it's warranted or not, and ruin your, you know, school career, and your future, I think that's amazing, someone is there to, you know, really analyze, and take a good look at, what's happening on behalf of the kids. That's just amazing.
1: Thank when you, you said
0: that to me the first time we chatted,
1: I was like, well, I don't want to ask her what that means. I should go Google that. <laughs> well, we are unique. I definitely know other lawyers who do adoption and assisted reproduction. And I know other lawyers who might do special education. And then there's a very few lawyers who know and understand and practice school discipline, but I don't know right. any other law firm that does all of them. And that yeah. was my goal to have a firm Where I had one lawyer who was a specialist in each area of law that affects families and children so that families can come to us and know that we can meet their needs, whatever they might be when it relates to children and the law where they need legal advocacy or advice. And I'll tell you, um,
0: you know, when it comes to children, at least for me, uh, my child that I mean, he means more to me than anything. I mean, you know, people perk up when you talk money, people perk up when you talk job, career, but but your child, I mean, I'm one of those moms. I'm, he would probably call me not a copter mom, but a mama bear perhaps. Um, but but I, I have fought hard in the system to win sole custody of my child. So when I say I love him with all of me, I mean all of me. And now he's what 19 and at age eight, he was adopted by the amazing man that I'm now married to. So we've had a happy, you know, happily ever after kind of story since then. But from nine months to nine years, I was a single mother going through all of that. And boy, if I had known you then.
1: It's a lot and it's a lot. And that's how I feel. I left my career in the DA's office after 16 years a career that I loved because I finally had two children after eight years of infertility and failed fertility treatments, failed pregnancies, failed adoptions. And I finally had two boys and I thought, you know, they're the most important things to me. What can I do? And working for myself was the answer. It gave me that flexibility to be there for them when they needed me yet I could still work. And it's an area I'm passionate about. So I love, love helping families. Um, and well, everyone you can
0: tell you can tell that you live that like
1: you breathe that i can tell it when you talk about it thank you and and the lawyers that i've attracted here too are the same uh, my law partner now uh, is an adoptee um the other lawyers were one was a special education teacher uh, the other lawyer who does special education has two sons who've been through special education so we all practice what we preach. We've all been through it. We've had You're personal experiences. It. Yes. Yeah.
0: So I love the phrase you said, the lawyers I have attracted. I, I believe in that. I think, you know, what you put out there is what you bring in. And that's a beautiful phrase. And you have um, really a unique practice. When I, when I first heard that, I was like, I interview a lot of lawyers and I have never first of all, heard someone express what they do the way you do, but how you expressed it, right? So you're very, um, I don't know, I could feel what you do, right? So it was amazing. You're you're really special, Melody Moore, really special. Oh, thank you, Susan. Well, let me ask you, um, is this what you might consider your proudest professional accomplishment or was it an incident or have you had many or, or has it yet happened or what?
1: Yes, I think when I was thinking about that, I thought of two. And one was from my prior career as a DA. And so I'll start with that. As a DA, it's all about, you know, helping the victim. And I was honored in one of my last years there with the Victim Witness Victim Advocate Award for the whole county. I was picked as a prosecutor for advocating for victims' rights. And that was for my work in domestic violence cases. And that was so meaningful to me because to me, it was all about helping the victims and working for the victims and trying to better their lives and holding people accountable. So to receive that award for the county was was a defining moment and, and felt very special. And then going and so, out into private practice- um,
0: Before you go there Melby, okay. let's point out for the audience that where she lives and works, when she says for the county, aren't you referring to Orange County? Orange County, California, yeah. So those of you who may or may, I mean, if you hear Orange County, you probably know this, but if you don't, that is a huge deal. So to be rewarded and acknowledged for the work she does on behalf of victims in such a huge, uh, very populated, you know, um, very stressful area in our country That's amazing. That's you know, it's not like a sleepy little small town in a county somewhere. You (laughs) know what I'm saying? So that's a really big deal. Brava! You know, so carry
1: on. Tell me your next good story. Thank you. Well, yes, having a business reaching the ten year mark and surviving COVID during this past year as a small business owner is really been an accomplishment that I'm proud of. I don't have any business training. I never took any business classes. Um, My weakest subject is math and accounting and and all of that. And that's an important part of running a business. So the fact that I have come this far in 10 years and grown so that I have six attorneys working for me and and a a beautiful office in downtown Laguna beach and uh, hundreds of clients that I've helped over the last 10 years. I'm really proud. Um, You should be. I had no idea you had six attorneys working with you. That's amazing. Most Um, of them are part-time mothers who choose to work part-time. And like I said, we're all about family here. This is why I came into private practice to spend more time with my kids. So uh, that's also what I attract and what I promote is family first. So most of the lawyers work part-time. So they're raising their families and it's worked out really well. And it's just... Uh, I've been lucky. On this journey, I've created a team of incredible women. We all just happen to be women. And um, it's a nice place to come to work every day. I love my clients. What I've been able to do to help them is very rewarding. So I do. A beautiful,
0: I think my- beautiful business model, right? So it's not so hierarchical. It's more transformational leadership takes place there. And you get, it's about quality of your work, not quantity of time you spend doing it. And that's really amazing. How many women out there wish they had that type of law firm, Uh, especially the lawyers that are, you know, I have a lot of women in professional services who listen to the show, but for especially lawyers who are at firms, no, they're not experiencing
1: the Melody Moore model. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it's definitely different here. Um, You know, when I started, My husband was working full time and I had these two boys and and yes, I had flexibility, but not always, you know, I could get stuck in court or stuck at school in an IEP meeting. And my son was going to be dropped off at the bus and they wouldn't let him off the bus if no one was there to meet him. So I had staff who'd be willing to go to the bus stop and pick up my son or go home and walk my dog. And you know, now that same staff member, she's my law partner. Now she was a law clerk at the time she um, brought her puppy to work when she got a puppy and then she had a baby and we set up a nursery in her office and brought her baby to work. So it's all about making it work for our personal and professional lives so that we can be a professional firm that meets all of our obligations, but we are still very enmeshed in our family lives.
0: Yeah. So I love this whole story. This is what women do. Um, And and those women who are secure enough and willing to be, courageous and, and you know, uh, embark on this kind of model. I want to say that for years, we have been trying to make women mimic men in order to be successful. If we just stop doing that and honor and cherish the way we work, whatever that way might be, and not force fit things, right? Look how you've made this work. This is fantastic. Um, Meldia, I might want you to tell your story on stage at one of my events I do annual events. This is a really great story of how you have um taken an idea or maybe your personality and turned it into a successful business.
1: Thank you. Well, like I said, Maybe it was good I didn't have all that business experience and knowledge because yes, I did what worked for me and it's worked for my employees and my lawyers. And I think this past year in COVID, if one thing it's taught us is that things are possible that we never thought possible as far as working and running a business. And it's just opened up our eyes and how we can be flexible and allow people to work from home and, which in the end is going to help people who are trying to parent and and work at the same time.
0: I love this. I love this. So the Meldy Moore model, (laughs) (laughs) Um, some people, you know, so, so what you were saying about not knowing much about business, most lawyers I know don't know much about business, but what they learn is how to fit into this cookie cutter business model um, which isn't always the way it should be done. In fact, I love that you started from the outside in. You know, it's it's what works for my people or my you know, or maybe I should say you started from the inside out because it was a heartfelt you know initiative. That's well, let true. me ask you: um, Did someone inspire you or mentor you as you have your law clerk turn law
1: partner? Well, inspiration in my personal life for. A successful business was my father he um, had his own business very successful car rental business in dublin ireland by the age of 22 so as a very young man he, really he didn't have training either he was a huge business success and honestly i never had a goal of being a successful business owner it's where i landed after having children that was my goal to be a mom <laughs> but um he was definitely an inspiration. I got a chance. He went on from the car rental business to um, work for the Irish government in tourism and eventually ran the Irish tourist board, both in New York office and then in in Dublin, Ireland. And after that, he he ran a hotel for a few years and I got to live with him in the hotel um, for a summer between my junior and senior year. And then after I graduated, I lived in the hotel for about nine months before I moved out and lived with friends. And I got to, I worked in the hotel and I got to see how he was admired, how he ran his business, how he treated his employees. And he really inspired me. Um, And I know the best piece of business advice is I got from my dad. I asked him, I asked him, what's your best piece of advice when I was starting my business? And he said, find people to work for you that care more about themselves, more about you than they care about themselves. Nice. And it's very hard to find, but I found it. And those people are what keep me going, have made this so successful, made it so enjoyable. And I think it's a two way street because I probably care more about them than I care more I mean, than about myself. We're constantly willing to sacrifice and help each other. And it just makes the business and life successful. So he would be my mentor and my role model. I
0: love um, this story. This is So I don't know, I'm older than you, but I recall when my son was young, there was a show called Zack and Cody. I think that was it. Or, or I can't remember the name of the show, but it was these two kids who grew up in a hotel, lived in a hotel. And I'm just imagining <laughs> you growing up living in a hotel. How exciting is that? That's amazing, one. And two, I think that you are, what you're describing here is a purpose-driven business, a purpose-driven person who runs it. Um, I love that because profits will come, right? Yes. So when you're, when you're purpose-driven, the, the mission is bigger than that, which you can just write in words on a piece of paper and the profits will come because you will, like you said, attract the right people and uh, I love this story. This is so fascinating. I have an attorney friend I want to introduce you to. So remind me after the show to um, make an email introduction. I think she would be fascinated by you. Um, Thank
1: you.
0: I know I am. Well, let me ask you this. How can women lift one another up? You know, What would you advise women to do to support other women in business?
1: That's a great question. I think we need to be willing to mentor each other And by mentoring, I mean being open to actually providing advice, giving some of your time. And I think what's really important is to be vulnerable with each other. It doesn't help if someone just tells you, oh, it's so easy, I'm so successful. There's, you know, I can can do it all. It's so much more reassuring and I think helpful if we can share our vulnerability and say, some days it is so hard and I have struggled and you're going to struggle And this is how I got through it. I think it's important for us to be vulnerable with each other and supportive of each other. Um, there's enough competition out there and there's also enough business out there. So we should stop the competing, stop being petty, stop being overprotective of the business and get out there and just help each other, support each other, be open and be vulnerable.
0: I love your comments about vulnerability, because I see being vulnerable as a strength. When you have the courage to be vulnerable, you show what you're going through, what you've been through, how you got through it or didn't, and the lessons learned, and then you give permission to others to be real in that same way, and we change the world. No more, again, fake it till you make it, be a man in order to succeed, right? Right. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. I love this. This is just real talk folks. I mean, listen to what she's saying. Embrace, you know, even, even things you don't have the answers all the time, right? Embrace that, ask questions. It's okay to say, I need help or I'm not sure, or what should I do here? Or I made a mistake. It's, it's fine to collaborate, right? There's plenty of business to be done and had and work to be done and had this this competition should stay on the sports field, not in the business, the fields of business or the, the legal field. Um, I totally agree with that. I find that a lot. And I think that the women who are competing are of this mindset of yesteryear, that there's only a, one or two spots at the top for women. So I'm going to Harm every other woman in my way to get it. No, we need to all come together and claw the system to create more spots at the top, not claw at each other for the one or two spots that exist. I agree. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, did you have at any point, now I I know that you have because I know your story about your children, um, but maybe there was some other big challenge or setback. And if you're willing to share, we'd love to hear how you overcame it. What was that?
1: Well, I'll tell you this last year has been the biggest challenge with my new business, um, in the last 10 years, obviously it was challenging when we started learning how to run a business and we were learning new areas of law, but this last year has been very challenging. Um, I am a people person. So having to go remote with like one day's notice um, was challenging, trying to keep the team engaged and supported this year. Um education cases are the biggest source of our income. Um and so when schools shut down last March, that's usually ah. our busiest time of year, March through June. Yeah. So, you know, it really affected our income and then summer's always slow. So we were facing um a financial strain, facing that uh challenge of keeping a team connected and, and working well when we're all separated. And just dealing with what everyone was dealing with, with this COVID, the fear, the anxiety, the isolation, the loneliness, and and the adjustment. And there's no end in sight. That was the thing that got me.
0: It's like, at least I know if this will be only a month or two weeks or a year, but there's no end
1: in sight, you know, for the longest time and it was it was draining it was emotionally challenging and you know i wanted to show up strong for my team and show up strong for my family and so this has been a very challenging year i had a few health issues i just had a hip surgery right before COVID. i was still in bed on crutches when we had to shut down and so my
0: recuperation
1: time period was cut short and then I dislocated that same hip in September so it's oh my gosh started again so a few little hiccups there um so this has been a challenging year but how I dealt with it was finding ways to have that connection with my team with my clients and with my community um and that has really helped me personally and I think I can safely say it's helped my team and the business. So I started, I've, I've never been one to have a newsletter, but I started doing in the beginning weekly emails, just talking about the first one, we're still here. We may be at home, but we're online, we're working, we're here for you, let us know what you need to our clients. And then after that, just talking about things that were relevant. Um, you know do you have your estate planning documents are ordered you know what happens if you get sick these are the things you should have ready to go like a list of prescriptions and close family friends and numbers and um you know your doctor's numbers and just you know things like that and there a was a lot of value um, add there yeah things that were important and then with everyone i would add resources to keep your children educated and entertained at home because everyone's wondering what do we do with these kids who are at home and they really weren't being schooled last spring um and you know how do you entertain them they can't go out you know the parks were closed the beaches were closed so every email would have different resources with ideas for education online or you know entertainment online so i i did weekly emails which moved into maybe every other week was whenever i had something to say so i really felt like i was connecting with my clients and this is current and past clients and then with the team we started daily meetings i And I I did team bonding exercises. I brought in a therapist to talk about reducing anxiety. And I brought in a life coach to talk about life values. Now we could live those values through COVID. And, And then I was trying to figure out the next one. And Susan, the idea I had kind of sprung to me as I was walking into work. I work in downtown Laguna, a lovely bustling town with restaurants and shops and I was just so sad because every day the shops were empty, the restaurants were empty. you could see the storekeepers like standing by their doors, and it just Aww. breaking my heart, yeah, and I thought, why don't instead of spending money on we were going to do like a virtual painting party, why don't I just give my team members each money and have them go shop locally? So we did that I, I surprised them, I called them in, said, Come in, dressed for photos, and ready to do team bonding, gave them each a hundred dollars. And a handwritten note from me to the store owner to say, hey, I'm a small business owner too, just trying to support you in some small way, hang in there. And sent them out shopping and said, you got an hour and a half, come on back, we'll show each other, our You know, our, do a show and tell, and then we'll promote each of those businesses with photos of what we bought and the storefronts and the store owners on social media. And it was so wow. much fun. So we've done something. Oh my something. God, that yeah. is amazing. Yeah, so we, I called it Wave of Change because it was inspired by a quote of Mother Teresa about if you cast a stone, it will create many ripples. Right. And so if we all create ripples, we can make a wave. And so we've done something every month since then um, for the purpose of team bonding and helping our community. And it's been really uplifting for me for the team. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback from the clients and the community. So it's just nice to do something for other people, which is actually helping us too.
0: I'm grinning from ear to ear. My (laughs) cheeks are burning. Um, I have so much going on in my head right now. So I'm not, I'm not going to spend the last part of our call talking about this, uh, the ideas that I have for you. But when we hang up, I would like to set another time to talk to you. This is amazing. I want to promote what you've done um, with my network, right? So I have a huge network. I do email campaigns. I do speaking engagements across the country. This is so what Law firms never do, right? Yeah. So, oh my God, this is amazing! I just love everything. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna coin that. We're gonna register Meldy
1: Moore model, the Meldy All Moore right. model. Well, oh. I'm excited to share it with you because, like I said, the goal is a wave of change. So the more ripples, the more people. I love the better. it.
0: A wave of change. Wow, this is am- This is going to be a tsunami of change. If I get away, <laughs> sounds great. Awesome. Well, I think you're so fascinating. I know that I don't know you that well, um, but what about the people who do know you well? Is there something that might surprise them about you? Is there a little surprising fact that most of your circle doesn't know about you? Like, are you a trapeze artist on
1: weekends? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty open. So most people know me pretty well. Um, I think for my family and friends who know me my whole life would be very surprised about how tough I can be in business, um, both as a prosecutor, I think it surprised would surprise people. Um, And then for the people who know me as a prosecutor or, you know, like a tough lawyer when I'm on the other side of the table making my arguments, I think they'd be surprised at how sensitive I am.
0: Yeah, so it's very Jungian, right? We're not ourselves and our light selves and that's awesome. Well, I, I think that you're passionate about what's in front of you. That's where that comes from. You're purpose driven. I
1: am purpose driven. Yeah. uh, Meldy Moore, you're amazing. Oh, thank you, Susan. And thank you for this opportunity. This has been so wonderful talking to you. You
0: bet. You bet. So folks, I have um, had three wonderful conversations with her prior to this podcast. And she is this sincere. This is not a put on for the show. She is the real deal. If you want to reach out to her, she's open to that. So how can people reach you if they want to reach out to you?
1: Right, well, I'll give you our phone number and my personal email. My email is meldy at morelawoc.com. So that's my last name, M O O R E L A W O C for Orange County.com. And our phone number here is 949 336 7711. And they can always find me and reach me if I'm not in the office.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And I believe that. Um, you are the kind of lawyer that's just usually a figment of client imagination. <laughs> so very, very nice having you on the show. I'm super excited to share your story. and I have some really great ideas that, that we'll talk about, we'll talk about offline. And uh, I can't wait to keep connected with you and to introduce you to my friend that um, I think she'll find you fascinating as well. So thank you for being here, Meldy Moore. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Susan. I really appreciate this opportunity. Have a good day, everybody.